Welcome to Epic Moses, the teaching ministry of Chris Morgan. May the light of God illuminate your heart and may the truth make you free as you listen. The scriptures are full of allegories. Allegories are communication tools used to convey information by applying representative words. Allegories are also used to bring to life abstract concepts which are hard to imagine otherwise. It's also a way of protecting information by hiding it in plain sight through coded language. It's used to say things without using hard words, but rather words that are easier to say due to cultural or religious sentiments. It's equally a tool used to communicate complex issues in a very light and simple manner. Sometimes they come in the form of stories used to bring things to light without offending sensibilities. The ancient Jews were known to be very allegorical in their communication, often using idiomatic expressions as diversionary tactics and also painting vivid pictures in the minds of their listeners. This is why it's so important for one to try to understand the culture of a people in order to understand their language properly. The Igbos, for instance, have been referred to as the Black Jews or the Lost Jews. Apart from many of the evidences found in years of research of this fact, there's also a similarity with the Jews in the way the Igbos communicate using allegories. It becomes so easy to misunderstand what an Igbo person is saying when you don't understand their way of talking. This is not limited to the Igbos though. Other societies have their allegorical ways of communication too, especially when speaking about sensitive things like sex, which is a kind of taboo to talk about in many societies. The Bible contains many of these allegories which have over the years brought misunderstanding to several concepts contained within it. The book of 1 John 1.7 says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Now we're looking today at the term walking in the light, which is a term often used within our Christian circles, but not completely understood, along with many other topics and concepts. How exactly does one walk in the light? What does it entail? Is it talking about walking in daylight? Does it mean that whenever we walk during the day we are walking in the light? Now the operative words in this phrase are walking and light. If it is not about walking in daylight or walking in a well-lit place, it then means that walking and light must be representative of something totally different. First of all, 
The purpose of light is illumination. It makes things visible that would hitherto have been unseen and therefore unknown. So, light makes us aware of things. This means that to shine light is also to bring awareness of something, which can also be termed to bring information. This is why when a person is uninformed about something, we could allegorically say the person is in the dark. This further brings us to the conclusion that whenever you see the word light in scripture, it can only be talking either about daylight or allegorically speaking of receiving information. This also means inversely that darkness is talking about the absence of physical light or allegorically representing ignorance. So light means knowledge and darkness means ignorance. Now, what about the word walking? Is it talking about what we normally do with our legs? Since light is information or knowledge, then walking spoken of here could certainly not be about the legs, but also an allegory. Without going into much details about it, I can say that walking here speaks about conduct or lifestyle. So when you hear terms like walking in the spirit, it's talking about a lifestyle of the spirit. With everything we have seen, it means that walking in the light simply means conducting our life using information or living an informed lifestyle, which is what we call in modern times being enlightened. When I say you are walking in the light, I am simply saying you are an enlightened person. Most times, when it's not broken down like this, we tend to spiritualize everything written in the Bible and end up making it more than it actually is. I don't know about you, but in the past, when I hear things like walking in the light, I'm thinking of a mythical light shining around me with thunder and lightning or clouds shining with bright lights hovering around my head. Now, the purpose of the light, lightning and clouds, I don't know. I just know that it looks so awesome in my imagination. At the end of the day, we simply turn the whole thing into something that doesn't serve any purpose at all in our lives. But we keep saying it's powerful. Since walking in the light or living an enlightened life or being knowledgeable according to that scripture is something that is important for a Christian and even anybody for that matter, it is important that we bring it down into actionable steps in order for us to apply it practically in our lives rather than the usual rhetorics. First of all, the Bible says in Hosea 4.6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you 
and you shall not be a priest to me seeing you have forgotten the law of your God I will also reject your children now this sounds so serious the first time I saw this scripture it surprised me this is because I had always gotten the impression that it was the devil or sin that destroys people of God to now hear that it's actually a lack of knowledge was quite remarkable but then what is knowledge is knowledge the same thing as information no knowledge is not information information is mental and transient but knowledge is spiritual and eternal knowledge as the Bible applies it is becoming one with something just like when it said that Adam knew his wife and she became pregnant therefore in this context it's about making information you receive a permanent part of your spirit that is knowledge everything in this life can be taken away from you except what you know everything you know can no longer be separate from you forever even after death knowledge is the only thing that crosses into eternity with you therefore it's the primary purpose of your existence in the first place simply put anyone who is not knowing is not living that's why those in a coma are referred to as vegetables because their life is pointless knowing changes a person fundamentally from the inside out whenever you receive knowledge of anything in some ways you become a different being fundamentally that's why spiritually a person with more knowledge stands higher than a person with little knowledge and is not vulnerable to all manner of demonic attacks now speaking of vulnerability the primary thing that makes a person vulnerable is fear fear has been humanity's primary weakness from day one it was the fear of being foolish that pushed Eve to convince Adam to eat the fruit so she said let's eat it cause it will make us wise if you really think about it every single thing we call sin today can be linked with a fear at the beginning show me your vice and I will show you the fear that led to it greed and stealing is caused by the fear of lack lying is caused by the fear of being judged wickedness is caused by the fear that someone else might harm you first every single tyrant that ever existed is a very fearful person covering up with evil acts born out of inferiority complex all bad habits like smoking and drinking started with trying to impress friends who you were scared might not accept you otherwise so fear is the greatest weakness of man especially the fear of death Hebrews 2.15 says, And deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. 
Fear brings bondage and it's therefore the primary chain that binds humanity. I have made it my life's mission to kick all fear out of my life regardless what type of fear it is and also help others to do the same. But then, what is the cure or antidote for fear? The only cure for fear is knowledge. The more knowledge, the less fear. The less knowledge, the more fear. Think about it. When you didn't know someone or something, you tended to be afraid of them. But once you got to know, you became comfortable and your fears automatically disappeared. Knowledge removes fear, which produces freedom. Like Christ said, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. But if you do not know the truth, you will be in fear and bondage. This is exactly why the lack of knowledge is what destroys. Now let's look at it holistically. The lack of knowledge or darkness brings fear and fear leads to sin and sin leads to bondage which eventually leads to destruction. This is then the primary duty of any human being to get knowledge to forestall the impending risk of destruction. Remember that God said in that first scripture that God will reject anyone who rejects knowledge. So this is serious stuff. We will look at how one can live this lifestyle called walking in the light in order not to work in darkness which leads to destruction. I have developed a four-step process which I have called the Lira Principle which can be applied to receiving information and transforming it into knowledge through a simple process. Lira is L-I-R-A and it stands for listen, investigate, receive and apply. This is the simple step-by-step -step process of walking in the light. In subsequent parts of this series, we'll be taking each one of these items in detail. In the end, to give a clear picture of how one can make walking in the light or living an enlightened lifestyle by the constant cultivation of knowledge as part of our day-to-day -day life. So until the next podcast, when we will continue on this topic, thank you so much for listening and God bless you. were blessed by these teachings. For inquiry, support, and contributions, kindly send us an email on epignosis721 at gmail.com. You can also send us a message via WhatsApp on 234 We would love to hear from you. God bless you.